0: i'm gonna sound today but we'll see
1: you sound great oh sound well, I, I always
0: sound great <laughs> um, like I, voice, I, I,
1: I think of you as joey pants now after that twitter <laughs>
0: <stage>. <laughs> I, it just that made me chuckle because my favorite line from his is the one that i sent you it, did you hear what i said i know i heard it because i was standing here when i said it i fucking love the way he delivers that line it's so good um yeah, you're all you're right chief baby it's great He was a cop and good at his job, but he committed the ultimate sin and testified against other cops gone bad. Cops that tried to kill
1: him, but got the woman he loved instead. Framed for murder, now he prowls the
2: Badlands, an outlaw hunting outlaws, a bounty hunter, a renegade.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week's episode of Action for Everyone. I am, as always, your host, Mike Scott, for this here April 16th, 2023. Uh, joined as always by Vice Victus. Vice, how are you?
2: Oh, how is it going on this illustrious Sunday morning? We got a it's supposed to be a calm show, but it might get hot today. It's gonna be some good stuff, so we got yeah, we're ready for this. Had a good to see, you guys. <laughs>
0: And we've also got uh, Liam O'Donnell, uh, who is just celeb- finished celebrating his birthday. Liam, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well, thanks. Thank you, and thanks for everybody for the uh, the well wishes this week. It was very nice to see.
0: It's
2: pretty how positive it? that the older you get, the hotter you get. You like you like you like White Angela Basket. It's crazy. <laughs> like, you, your, so you, so you put your pictures on when you were like 20 years old, like the fucking doofus from uh, that that the Silicon Valley show. And now you're like it's hot dead. This is, it's which great.
1: which dupe is from the Silicon Valley the show?
2: Guy, the, guy, the guy who fucks, quote unquote. This guy. This guy okay. <laughs> All right. All
1: right. I'll take that.
2: <laughs> but now you're like, you ask <laughs> fuck. It's great. It's like a
1: metaphor. Oh, that's very nice. What were you gonna ask me, Mike? <laughs>
2: uh I was just gonna say, how
0: did uh how did your birthday go? Did you do anything exceptionally fun or anything like that?
1: Uh no, we well, you know, like 41. It I I kind of do uh ascribe to the Patton Oswald school of thought on birthdays. Like I had a big 40th birthday last year and 41's like, eh, it's, it's okay. Uh, so we, we, we took the kids to uh rock and bruise in El Segundo know, and just had uh, a nice dinner. And it, it, that, that was, that was all I needed.
0: There you go. And we have a very special guest for the first time on action for everyone. We've been trying to get him on for a while, but we were waiting for the right uh, kind of movie. And he actually posted a tweet this week about uh, Latino representation in action cinema. And uh, it seemed like the perfect time to get him on Aaron Vargas, Aaron, how are you today, man?
3: I am great. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. I, I love you guys to show I've been listening from the very beginning. I've been following you guys for a while now. Um, it feels, it feels like surreal to be on the show, but thank you guys for bringing me on. I'm so excited to talk to you guys.
2: Yeah. All right. This is very important. I, I'm not joking. Like, we gotta like when you said that I was like yeah I agree. Then I was like, look, we are action forever. We gotta like put our money in the mouth is, but not just like you know expanding the uh diversity of action cinema. But was like also, as as kind of Liam uh, uh, represents well, us two, we're old as fuck. <laughs> like we our, our time is drawing near, but you. And everybody listening is a dead generation. No, I'm fucking serious. Like, we got like, this is, like, uh, one of my...
1: Vice, you are turning 40, like, this year, right?
2: I already am. I just did. Oh, I'm, oh I'm,
1: you just did. You just I'm did, right? I'm almost dead now. I always I forget die. you're the youngest. You're, you're, the, you're the sweet cherub of, of A3. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: no. My knees are for the... But, no, but like, it's, like, this is, like, really important to me because, like, I always want to know, like, I always say we should, like, foster and nurture the youth and the um, next generation, but we don't really have an eye. Oh, don't really have a chance to do it outside of my personal life um so now professionally speaking like now it is like this is a uh, an honor I'm not even you know to do this like we could, we're actually like doing it you know so I'm really glad to have you Aaron here we, we wanted to talk to you about um you know what' what's your your aspirations and what you've been doing so far all the work you've been putting in so far you know what you want to go to so yeah um well so I'll, I'll get back to Mike so we can like, like properly uh, set us up here. Oh, you know what? Uh, Mike it's is muted.
0: Oh, none of None of my shit is working today, people. Uh, so I just, I want to get like, like I set up a hotkey so I can mute quickly because I don't have my mixing board set up a little bit behind the, the scenes here uh, because my office is in a state of disarray and uh, the hotkey was not decided. It did not want to work. Yeah. So, um, that anyway. was like
1: that was like seeing my dad mess up at something. I was like, "Wait a <laughs> minute!" My mic didn't know how to mute. Like he's the one who's always like, "Hey, fuckheads, do it this way."
0: Yeah, yeah. No, uh, that's that. That was not me. That was computer error. Uh, well, okay. I guess it was probably me because I probably fucked up setting up the hotkey somehow. But anyway, so yeah, Aaron. Um, yeah. you know, you and I have been friends for a while now. You are an aspiring stuntman. Uh, before we get into the movie that we want to talk about, tell us a little bit about that because I know you've. You've you've been working at it for a while, and you've also trained with some pretty illustrious people.
3: Uh, yeah. So, um, well, just to give background, like all the way to the beginning of like my life, I grew up on martial arts films. Uh, the first film I saw, according to my parents, was Rush Hour. I I burned their VHS, and and then since then it's been VHS after VHS, End of the Dragon, American Ninja. You know, you know, go through my life, you know, I was a big Van Damme fan. Um, and then when I got to college, I had to kind of drop martial arts for a little bit. Um, then once John Wick 3 came out, I was like, okay, I have to find a way to do this for a living because this is like this looks like what I want to do for a living. Um just so for those that don't know, I'm about a month away from graduating with my bachelor's in uh, mechanical engineering. Um, so I was doing school for a while and I've been I've been at school for a while and um I was like, you know, this is great, but I think I have a passion and I think this passion is stunts. And I think I need to really pursue this and see if I even can. Um, but then COVID hit, COVID hit and my, in my little journey was at a, at a stop for about a good year until um, this place called Jam over in, um, it was in Reseda, California, um, started doing stunt workshops. And I didn't know anybody in the stunt world. Didn't, I didn't know anybody, had no connections. No one was even following me. So I was like, all right, well, let's, let's check this out, see how it goes. Um, then I got to meet people. I got to meet some really, really, um, you know, top-notch stunt coordinators. Um, got to meet Simon Ree. you know, guys like Vlad Rimberg. Um, and even running into them on the street, running into Louis Tan and stuff like that. Like it's, it's just, it's been a, a good journey from that point in 2021, I believe, until now. Um, now I'm starting to make connections and got some gigs unpaid, but that's how you got, you know, that's what you got to do you got to do so um yeah man it feels really good to be in this early stage in my career and um, you know hopefully it can build from here I'm just trying to work it as much as I can um so without giving you know to I guess like without rambling on so much um
1: yeah I'm just working hard at it right now what what was the movie that went through jam gym recently I remember watching it what was that oh day shift Day shift. Yeah. Right. And then, and then jam is closed down, unfortunately now. Right. Yeah. So jam and receipt
3: is closed down, but um, Travis Wong who runs the gym was able to find, I believe a location in Van Nuys, which I've been to. It's a great location. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So they're back up and running now.
1: Well, that's great. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm kind of fascinated by that whole scene and, uh, and, and, and like, so, so you just basically can walk in and, and, and pay for a class. And they're, yeah. what, what was the first step there? You're like, you walk in, you're, you're a regular ass dude walking into like a stunt gym. What What's that first day like? So going into there. Okay. So they don't really do the
3: workshops like frequently, right? It's like uh, maybe during seasons uh, when Travis or when Travis, yeah, is usually there. Um, going in there was interesting because I thought everyone was a beginner like me. I thought like, okay, no one knows anybody. Great. And then like about day two i'm like wait everyone knows everyone here i was like they're all actually working most of these people are working at universal studios most of them have a gig with h you know with like hbo shows or or even with like the fast movies some of these guys are going to go to jobs after the classes i'm like what the hell so i was really the only like regular joe in there and that was and that was weird and that but it was assuring though that people were like hey i don't know you but you look like you know what you're doing and that was right away i was like okay This is what I meant to do then, because if people can kind of see a little bit of that passion in me and they're and they don't even know me, that's that's a good sign. Um, You know, but it's hard. It's hard because I can't go all the time. I live about an hour away from L.A., an hour and a half for traffic. So um, it is tough kind of like making the trek a lot. But what I do, obviously, as you guys see, is record my videos, put it on social media. And, um, and when stuff comes up, people do hit me up though. Like, Hey, I know you're in Riverside, but can you come to LA to shoot some stuff and I, I make I try to make it work, you know, and it's tough working full time, school full time, you know, family obligations, all that stuff. Um, but hey, you know, that's the hustle, you, you know, this, going into those gyms, you realize it, it's a hustle, you're there to train, but you're also there to network. So um, most of the time, though, it's not classes, it is just open gyms, people just go pay 10 bucks for like a two hour session 12 to 230. And you just train, you just train and and meet people. And if people want to come up to you and ask you questions, it's all good. And um, I've got to meet guys like Aaron Tony, even, you know, Um, it's been really cool to meet him. And He's like training like crazy, and you don't want to bug him. Got to meet Jeremy Marinas, recently choreographed John McFord, like you meet these people, that doesn't mean you're going to get a job but that's at least right. good to put your name out there and be like hey my name's Aaron and they're okay cool Aaron. They probably won't remember me but it's all good be, you know cuz if i keep going there maybe my face will kind of register more and stuff like that. So again, you know, stunt work is like it's it's a hustle i've learned and, it, and a lot of rejection is going to happen too. A lot of rejection, a lot of side-eyeing is going
1: to happen and i have had to get used to that recently and well, it's it's like um it, I, I don't want to say like nepotism or anything, but it is like, it's kind of a family business. Like you you meet a lot of people that are like third generation stunt guys. Cause it's just kind of, it's, it's been, so, it's sort of like, I think of it more of like, it's almost like Carney. that I always say there's like a Carney heart to yeah. filmmaking. Yeah. And so like, you know, if your dad's a, or, or, or grandfather in some cases is a stunt guy, it's like, yeah, you kind of get pulled into this family business. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because there is someone
3: right now, a little bit of a younger guy, but he is the son of a big stunt coordinator. Um, and he is like, he's he's just making his way in there real easy. And there's a piece <laughs> of me that, you know, gets a little like, like, that's my opportunity. But the thing is, is like, I can't let that hold me back. You know, I really, I have to make my way in there. A- anybody can make their way in there if they work hard enough. And. That's kind of, It says that you know, so I'm trying, I I see what you're saying. And believe me, it's a great,
1: it's a great gig. I mean, I like, like Jeremy Fitzgerald who plays the, uh, Trent alien in our Mm -hmm. movies. And he's like, he, he, he's a, one of the best suit actors in the world, but he also is a great stunt driver. Mm -hmm. He's a great stunt coordinator. Like a lot of the little fights that we have in those movies are just him that I'll be like, Hey, uh, you know, like we just need to do a little thing here with Trent he developed all of the slashing and the thing that things that look good in the suit, but he's like, yeah, like I'll do so many gigs a year. And then you just like the residual checks just show up in your, in your mailbox <laughs> from all these little gigs. And you're just like, it's like, they're just around the house. You forget to deposit them. And I'm like, Oh, it sounds like pretty good. Uh So yeah, I, I, I get why it is like uh, you know, has that sort of family business thing to it. So yeah. I understand. And yeah, like you're saying, it's like, it's nothing to get, to get bitter about. It's just kind of like, like anything else. Like if, if you're like, you know, my dad was a lawyer, there was an opportunity for me to be a lawyer and, and, and go in and, and do that business. But I, I'm unfortunately a, a moron when it comes to those things. Um, So I, I kind of understand that, but um, yeah, no, I, I think you're, I think you're going about it all the right way and you have the right attitude.
3: Yeah. I think the biggest thing I try to do is just have, like you said, a positive attitude, but also just, there's a lot of ego, when it comes there, you know, um, martial arts. In you can either, I mean, as we're going to talk about, honestly, you can either go one or two ways. You can go the humble route where you know you're always learning. You're never a master of anything. Or you can go the other way where ego is going to trap you, and and you start getting big headed. And believe me, I've gone a lot of stories since my time getting into stunts. I'm like, hey, look, look out for this guy. This guy is going to screw you over. Hey, look out for this guy. He's kind of a dick. And I realized that there's two different ways you can go about it. And I'm, I'm trying to go about it in the way that's positive and making people know that I I really just have a passion for the craft. I, I'm, I'm not, I don't care if I, uh, if I show up on screen or not, if I, if I'm literally just on set doing stunts, that's actually, that's really just what I want to do. Um, And so, you know, like you said, you know, going about it the right way and everything, I'm just trying to be, you know, a good example, I guess, cause I am, I'm trying to see myself as like the future of like um action film lovers so when i talk about movies online i i try to be as positive as i can and not be so like cynical and stuff because it's just um i'm just i want things to go positively so you know
2: yeah before we go any further i just i need to kind of impress upon people that i'm already impressed by the level of maturity and and wherewithal of you as a professional uh, at at a relatively young age and you know like it's this is really i'm really happy that you're sharing such, you've already, in this just few minutes, you shared a ton of insight that I think some people would be uh, reticent to share with us. And, you know, and, so I'm really glad you're getting into the little details here. You know, like, and, and, you know, these motherfuckers out here, like, you know, young people don't want to work. Get the fuck out of here. He, 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 this is this man. This, <laughs> has, this guy has sage advice and he's putting, in, he's putting in them hours. You know, this is like a, a great example for everybody to follow but also, it's kind of funny when you say you know, a regular dude. Yeah, that's that is that is true in some regard. You know, you just some guy off the street. But like, I just now, I want to ask you on more detail about your your life. Um, when I've seen, well, firstly, I also appreciate that along with the kind of the going this uh, classic or traditional route of you know, the networking and getting to know people. You you're using your time frame, the modern age of social media, to your advantage, where you can put your yourself out there quite literally social media, which wasn't a, which we weren't really able to do back in the day. You know, you kind of had to like scour, scour the earth to um get out there. it so it's really yeah. impressive that you were able to um capitalize on social media so well. But also w- w- when I started seeing your clips, I, I noticed immediately that, that um your form is like seems like a pretty solid not solid but like um there's an actual form to it. I like I kind of see the karate and stuff and sports. Well. So please can you tell us t- like what's your actual like background, which schools and styles have you learned so far from from I mean when you started to now
3: um uh, that's a good question uh age 10 i was a short stocky kid husky kid um i, I was fat okay i'm a short and fat and and i was i still am that yeah <laughs> nah, uh hey you're buff as fuck don't don't no. you know
1: you know what husky means little boy husky <laughs> means <laughs> fat yeah um so i
3: I was bullied a lot as a kid. Um, and I love martial arts, but I never, but my parents never signed me up for martial arts. So there was a time where they were like, Oh shit, like he's getting bullied. I think he should go in martial arts. So they put me in a school, uh, Kempo karate school. It's, it's defunct now, but it's called Eastwind Bakfu. Um, it was from a guy named Gary Toppin. Shout out to him. He was my only, really my only teacher, um, formally. And, uh, he learned under Ed Parker. Um, and for those that are in the note, Ed Parker also taught, um, uh, Jeff Speakman in Kempo. So, um, so for about eight years i did that a lot of a lot of katas so it wasn't a lot of kicks so when i left kempo i i, I left knowing katas forms punches and stuff but kicks oof, i was terrible until i got back into it then um then youtube was my teacher youtube social media um tutorials um that that was my teacher for from then until now It's just watching youtube clips i broke down you know donnie yen's kicking forms i i, I re- recorded clips and just slowed it down recorded myself figured out like okay well i look horrible why does donnie look good and i don't you know i i had to i had to really figure it out okay where is his foot placement um is his toe pointed or is it not pointed um at what point does he release the kick like all these little details i had to break down on my own because again i i, I don't live in an area where everyone is like martial arts in tune if i was in la i would probably be at a school right now or something but I had to just focus I had to really figure it out um so yeah I mean um even breaking down movie clips um Scott I can started doing the the tutorials as well and I was like okay great great we got a master actually putting it out there for people and during COVID you know of all times that was great so um yeah I guess I guess that's my background Kembo Karate for eight years and then YouTube until now so yeah that's kind of that's kind of where we go
2: yeah it's just so, so kind of it's so surreal, Not, or it just again in this time frame, like you know, you have guys like the Marshall Club who are kind of like they, they kind of had a similar, like they learn almost always from almost all from, kind of like street style, like you know, street tricking and stuff, but also like yeah. watching movies and, and kind of picking it apart themselves in the same kind of process that you you said, and now yeah. they're fucking in the movies, you know. Now they yeah. they, they, they want to answer, you, you know, like like the shit is the shit is that real? Like like this is a whole new kind of, wall game, of like we, yeah. having this the world this pool of knowledge from around the world. Your fingertips, then it's still incumbent upon you. Um, with your passion, your direction, like, how do I apply that to what I want to do? That's really personal story.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, like you said too, social media, right? I mean, that's how I got these past couple like gigs. Not I'm not union yet, so I have to just kind of get what I can get. Um, but people reach out to me on social media, and that's how I got these little some gigs, stuff that I can add to my reel. Um, so like it's it's a good thing that social media exists now because now a guy like me. Who had no connections can maybe build his way up a little bit through social media and um and now i got people some performers reaching out like hey i like your kicks but you can probably fix the chamber here or you can probably fix your foot placement you're spinning too much uh you know maybe you're hopping too much fix your stance I, and it's great and i love it and I, now people are reaching out like hey dude just do that and you'll be good I'm like, okay cool cool and you know i'm again it's just building a community on social media nice well
0: and- I love it too, because it, there's a long history of sort of stunt people that we like that are kind of self-taught. And they're, they're, they're less, and I don't mean this as an insult, they're less traditional martial artists and more trained stunt people. Their fighting styles are film fighting styles. Uh, yeah. Eric Jacobus is probably, you know, one of the most well-known ones. He's, yeah. he's pretty upfront that he hasn't practiced real martial arts for decades. Uh, the, the everything he does is designed around stunt work and film work. But even uh, you know, you mentioned Jeremy Marinas, the great Jeremy Marinas from eighty seven eleven. He started as a tricker. I mean, that was really what put him on the map. Was he was a he was a tricker in the Legion of Extraordinary Dancers. He he that that was where he he hooked up with John Chu, um, a, as a as a dancer more than a martial artist. And now yeah. he's you know now he's in eighty seven eleven. So yeah. you're 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 on a path that I think kind of what vice was saying that 20 years ago was maybe not a viable path into this industry, but with yeah. guys like Marshall club hitting it big, it is a viable path now. It absolutely is. And and I think it's probably the right path for a lot of people now.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm glad I'm not really actually in a martial arts school right now. I'm glad I, I did study film. Um, Because when I was getting back into martial arts, I didn't think stunts right away. I just thought martial arts. I want to get, I just want to be good at martial arts again, but I was studying film though because I like the way they look. Um, but then when I got into stunts, I was like, Well, I'm already studying film. I was like, um, if I started Muay Thai the whole time, I'm probably not gonna translate well to film. So if I just study Donnie, if I just study Jackie, I'll be able to kind of like like see how they work. Oh, okay, stacking exists, but what, what's that? He's not actually hitting them. I figure that out, figure camera angles, you know. I figure out how to how to add sound effects and stuff. You know, it, it's a good thing I'm not traditional because otherwise maybe I would look a little weird on film or or in my screen fights. So Um, yeah, 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 there,
1: there's that issue. I mean, that was, um, when I, I mean, Bernhardt's kind of had an untraditional uh, background and he, Mm. you know, when he was on the show, he's like, no, 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 I actually did study. I was like, okay, but, um, (laughs) he, he definitely is a little bit of a hybrid. And then he was talking to me about this movie that I was supposed to do last year that was going to have a wrestler in it and he was saying like the danger of working with like ufc guys and wrestler guys is that yeah. they just don't necessarily yeah. like think about things the same way as uh as film fighting right. and he was uh he was just coming off extraction too which by the way that was a trailer that we probably should talk about um and and he he was saying you know some of the some of the people that come from that real fighting background they just can't they 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 they, they think it's so ridiculous that you're doing these you know, like explain, explain how you're, you're never really, especially today. I mean, I think this is kind of one of the things everyone goes back to, Oh, Hong Kong, they they kicked each other in the face a lot more back then. Now it's a lot of your hand is passing in front of the person's face as you turn. And it's all about timing.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like, for example, like the Mike Tyson hook, right? Everyone wants to do a Tyson hook where it's like your, your elbows bent, But the real, you know, film fighting, they, they taught us, you know, really like extend your arm out, wait till it passes, boom, hook, you know, that way, that way it's able to, it's just like the little nuances, little, little subtle changes and stuff that you have to really realize. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, the biggest thing I've learned so far in my stunts is safety, safety, you know, make sure you don't hurt your fight partner, you know, do extend your arm. Sure. But make sure you're at a good distance away because the camera can stack it right. Camera, camera can catch it. Just keep your distance. It's fine, and uh, that's one thing I've learned too. Is like if I was a if I was a fighter, I probably wouldn't be able to adjust that well. But thank God, you know, I've been able to kind of figure it out and, and study on my own. So
2: yeah, it's it kind a of dance. reminds me just yeah, it kind of reminds you. There's a few exceptions where I think it works. Is uh maybe one of the, the more most recent or famous ones is when uh uh GSP uh, uh you know former world champion. Hmm. Was a Winter Soldier fighting, you know, of America? But yeah. I think he has a specific. for one, like he has a more formal karate base to his. He mm-hmm. himself is unique in, in UFC because uh, he has a more formal karate base to his wrestling, and so he's he kind of used to like the katas and the f- movements, the forms, that more so than the actual actual wrestling. But also too like a uh, part of why he left because you know, he was uh, I think, he, I, there's a, there's a, there's some stat where he's like the he has the most ring time of any fighter like in history, like because he has these long run out fights that's part of his style. So he's like he was. Doesn't want to get hurt either. He was. He's tired. So he uses that his particular like style is suited to get the nuances of screen fighting. But on the other hand, you have people like um who were their attitude or just their their, their aura makes mm-hmm. it work. Uh, one uh, mean Keith Hardeen. uh, he was in that uh, was Heron Vice as as the Dagoon. Like he didn't really do much fighting in that movie, but like just he's a, he's a bad dude. He was he's like a tough fighter when he was actually competing, and just his presence. Kind of makes the makes the scene work because you could tell yeah this guy really can take somebody's ass. And it, oh it, yeah, it, it,
1: it, I I I didn't mean to say that they can't cross over because oh like, no no, no. Uh, yeah, you yeah. know like, like, I like I I, I, like... I love Michael Bisping too I think he's a great presence. it's all about, about being world, like, coachable like, um... and some of some people aren't coachable because they they grew up actually you know breaking people's cheekbones.
2: Yeah, yeah and he's <laughs> also the, the kind of like exception because like uh, he's always been a character so that yeah perfectly. To, to the movie star. I mean, he's like, he's just a, this, this character is larger than life. So yeah, it all works. And there's, um, there's,
0: I mean, there's an entire lineage of Hector Escheverria directed movies that show you that UFC fighters and MMA fighters very often do not make the transition well, <laughs> uh, because those are by and large, completely unwatchable movies. So, um,
1: yeah, you know, I, I throw, throw out an, a title of the, one of those movies just because I'm lost.
0: Oh, I don't, I don't even remember them. Okay. Um, yeah. But around 2010, he was kicking out movies. that felt like every six months all populated almost entirely by X UFC and, uh, and, and, and other MMA fighters. And uh, they were just, they, they just weren't, they weren't good. Everybody looked stiff. Everybody looked like um, just, well, they looked like fighters that don't know how to screen fight is, is yeah. really what it looked like. <laughs>
1: You know, when people were talking about A Team recently. I really liked Rampage Jackson in that. Was there some reason why he didn't like pop and other stuff that I missed on? Yeah,
2: that's a good question. That's hard. To think he was about funny like... in the
1: movie. I thought he was. He was. It was a really fresh, you know, screen presence. But uh, it seems like he's. He's. Yeah. Didn't didn't catch on, but uh, I remember he had like a. I know he had a temper
3: problem like on on Ultimate Fighter.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> who, who knows? Who knows how? <laughs>
3: Who knows that that played a part? You know, sometimes it right. happens too. Mm.
1: Anyway, not to derail
3: us. Back, well, and back I was through. gonna
0: say it probably also didn't help that the A team was not a uh, a, a smashing success box office wise. So, sure.
3: Uh, oh, really... I, I have the story about that. That was one of the first movies. When did that movie come out? Two thousand ten. So I was like, like 12. ten or eleven. Yeah. Okay, so I was like twelve years old. I remember um, this. That was nice. the first thing I saw oh. alone. I saw the movie alone uh my i know i'm i think i'm the youngest guest on the show
2: i, no, like, I think you were
1: diego are you younger than diego i'm 24 yeah you're younger than diego yeah you're,
2: no, you're, it's you're like you're, I, just, I just had a when i was 20 2011 i was 22 in, in, in iraq the second time <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: oh my god um. i was drunk the entire year of 2011 like post skyline <laughs> release i was like drinking fucking vodka and lemonade every day uh so anyway back to your a-team story
3: oh no no i was my mom dropped me off. she was walking the mall i was like ma i just want to. can i watch the a-team and she's like i don't want to watch it and i was like i I can watch on my own and she's like aaron she's like i'm not gonna leave you alone i'm like just just let me just let me see it and she's like fine and so she buys me a ticket my little ass walks in the i'm surprised i got in because it's pg-13 but i'm 12 but uh i'm anyways i go in and i have the time of my life i that movie i have a big like just waste my heart for the 18 so i just wanted to say that real quick. Awesome.
1: Oh, yeah I, i've always thought it was a little bit ahead of its time the casting was was just like they they you know bradley cooper it was like he's not an action guy and and it was early in the liam neeson run i don't know i, I still have a soft spot for that one i like the editing a lot too anyway
2: all right so here uh, i guess now we can uh, kind of get to to the um the uh marquee part of this show i want to talk about uh, this latest uh action film that's coming out uh came out this past week uh let's talk about fist of the Condor. and I, I'm really glad that we have you here because kind of things that we were talking about, like both online and as I would well, I'll get into more I the interview I had with the great mucklezaro. Mm-hmm. I just, just got flex from that one a little bit. Yeah, man, I'm doing big things. look, look at look at this. extra <laughs> for everybody. extra for everyone, just doing doing big things. Um, but yeah, like you know, it's so it's it's just very, very unique um film. it's a it it very much feels like a classic show Brothers style, classic kung Fu film along with it like, has like an old school uh, Western um, uh, element to it. Um, but uses, with those two spirits in it, it's very uniquely uh, Chilean, you know, the Marcos Rojas from Chile. So it's, this is a very, uh, like, both with the back, the setting of the story, the plot of it, but also just the, uh, the, the back, the physical, the literal background, the backdrop of the, film, of the movie. It's a very unique landscape and everything. So I wanted to get into that in a little bit. So, well, so first, I guess I, I, I could just start with the uh, what, what happened uh, the past week. Um, yeah, so I was able to see the, uh, the theatrical premiere of Fist of the Condor um, here at the Jeff Draft House here in New York in Staten Island um, with Marco Zero in attendance. Um, at, Marco and his co-star, uh, A.L. Meyer, who plays a villain uh, that I got into. And uh, for, for that, I was able to interview him. So that Oh, and just kind of beside not I got the I got with the folks at the, thatshelf.com. Thank you to uh, Jason Grover. Shout out to you. So I have I have a published interview now. My first piece of writing in, in a little while with Markizora. We kind of get into the uh, ins and outs of his style of the movie or fighting style in the movie. So I guess maybe I will put a link of that there uh, when we publish this. But yeah. So I was spoke to him and just um, what he was saying. You know, it's it's so kind of uncanny that it's kind of mirroring what you're saying a little bit. You know, he, he's older, so he he, he uh, like he kind of, he basically built the martial arts scene in Chile from the ground up, you know, from his own with his own two hands, you know. And but part of that was, uh, he was able to get success early on, with, with, you know, like, as he says, you know, like, like a totally, um, lucky shot. Um, one of his first ever professional roles was he was a stunt double for The Rock in uh, Dwayne Johnson in The Rundown, um, like when that came out. So, and then, um, and with that, uh, I think he uh, worked with uh, Andy Chang, uh, learning the ins and outs of, of screen of screen fighting and stunt work. So he brought that knowledge to bear back with him um, to Chile, um, and that's when he started his his own uh, movie, Kiltro. You know, the, the first you know as some might say the first Chilean uh, kung fu movie. You know, and from there, you know, it, it, and and he as he described it, you know, people were like they were kind of flummoxed because like why is this Latin American dude doing kung fu? But you know, it, it clicked. You no know, people like people enjoyed it. And From there, kind of his 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 crew and his whole production team gained gain steam, and they get they made some movies like that, you know, Mirage Man, uh, and so forth. Um, so now and then with, with Fist of the Condor, it's kind of like a kind of the apotheosis you could say of this where like um well it, it just the, the story is that uh, it's uh, these two two twin brothers who learned this um ancient um martial arts style that's the uh, native or yeah, native slash genus to Chile. Story goes that uh, the Incas developed this fighting style to fight off the uh, conquistadors, and uh, although although they lost, they they had they kept the secret manual um, safe and to keeping in a in a temple high in the mountains. It's you know it's very again it's very uh show brother style classic stuff, and then this movie is uh the two brothers who are now enemies, um, fight at, at re- on a closing course to obtain the manual, but also just to get revenge upon each other uh, because that's how these movies go. It's a comfort movie you gotta have revenge. Um so yeah but it's, just, it's really cool because as I was talking to Marco about his style he was saying oh you know, over the years he 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 had started out with the uh, karate taekwondo and um now in these you know and you know, I think probably the probably his breakout role of course was uh undisputed 3 with uh, the Jackie you know, people got to see his the full his full power he is he's he's a, he's a very he's a tall person over 6 feet I mean, he also moves like a like lightweight he's so fast so quick um so that's that's part of always been his signature style, like this, it's almost like this Panther style, if you will.
1: What was Undisputed Three your introduction to him, Vice? Where'd yeah, yeah, see him?
2: that was yeah, that was mine. And then from there I kind of started trying try to going back to the other sort like Kiltro and Rosman and uh, uh, Rede- I think my, my Redeemer was one of my favorite ones. What about so, you,
1: Mike? When did you first uh discover him? Nope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keegan. <laughs> Oh, God. Dad, 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 let me come over and use your computer.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, Kiltro was actually when I first discovered him. I don't remember where I was reading about him, but uh, so I was actually pumped for him to uh, be an Undisputed 3. Like I knew he was he was going to be a a big deal in that movie. So um, because I had already seen at that point, I had seen Kiltro. I had seen his first movie, which I can't remember what the name is, it's it's had a couple of different names. Um, Into the Flames is is what the U.S. name is, and I had seen Mirage Man uh, by the time he was in Undisputed Three, so I I was pretty pumped for for him to show up, and he did not disappoint in Undisputed Three at all.
2: Yeah, so yeah, so um, and he so in this latest feature, Marco kind of describes how um, now that. Probably, probably because he's older, but also probably because uh, he was, uh, well, essentially uh, he was coming back, he went back home to kind of figure out his next move. Then the, the coronavirus pandemic happened, of course, during 2020. So he was basically like, like he was kind of not stuck, you know, in, in Chile, so to speak, because uh, he was preparing, you know, about to do um training for the movie, but fell through. So he was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to use this time wisely to uh, just train, you know, get, get myself in shape or get myself, I don't uh, and, and you know just keep my wits about me so he essentially like went into the mountains to like like, like a monk to train like that, that was, it was kind of the uh, strange coincidence of this's been for him and in doing so he kind of developed the idea for the movie where, and, you know again all the old school all kind of mystical or, or spiritual uh, or philosophical stuff in the movie and part of that what was so fascinating is that as you see in the movie he has this uh he kind of retrained himself where he he has he has more um, mobility based conditioning like it, it, it's, a, it's a very unique mix of like old school like classic training and martial arts with newer modern uh, scientific or even um sports medicine kind of physiology stuff going on, and so we, we, we t- you and you just see the movie like there's, like you know there's a there's stuff like you know standing on a log you know using a using a wooden dummy but he's he's using um elastic bands and he's doing he's doing bear crawls it's really, all this kind of really um. Up to date techniques that he's using in the movie, and then of course you know then it gets to the uh, really cool, great fighting scenes where you know he's where he's kind of bringing the full uh the uh the, the styles to bear, and I guess maybe the biggest point of all as far as the fighting style goes is that as I mentioned with this these training techniques and like his kind of his kind of Zen approach to it from that, that year in the mountains, Marco Zaror has essentially created a brand new fighting style like Apunia the Condor the physical Condor that can be a real style now like the way he, the way he's at he describes it the philosophy of he was using both um animal mechanical movements along with like the kind of uh, the more philosophical like imbuing his homeland into his body like on a, on a, on a spiritual level like so like it's it, 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 like the same kind of style of, like you know crane style or man style tiger style but no this is like condor style and it's it's real like it's like i mean again there's it's the movie so there's like it with you know, there's like is uh, jumping, you know, ten feet in the air through your hands, and there's, you know, all kinds of crazy uh, kung fu movie stuff. But no, the actual philosophy and the and the mechanics as a, at a base level is a real form, and it's really impressive to see. So hopefully, you know, when people watch, watch it, if they haven't already, um, so it's premiering on the higher TV now. Um, it's just a really, I don't know. It's it's uh, uh, you know, our our friend, one of the wise men, times kung fu, Frankie. He has a he's gonna marry Arco soon, and he he was also struck by this how how spiritual it feels. Like it feels like the real raw spirit of martial arts, not just films, but like the actual process of kind of you know breaking yourself down and kind of getting in getting into that oneness or whatever. Like I have limited martial arts breaks myself, it's uh, more combatants based. But you know, I did have to do some meditative stuff and some yoga stuff back and and, and now too. So it's it's that. I don't know. So I guess we'll talk when Aaron. You can kind of get into this, like, uh, it's a, this, this, that people say the Zen feeling, but I don't know. It's a that's kind of oneness about it that uh, of when, you, when you're when you're when your mind body connection is, is all one. I think that for me, I was able to feel that through this movie that I haven't really felt it like a lot of other movies that, and you really, really would expect it from like what what it seems to be like, it's like a kind of fun action romp. But yeah, I, I, yeah. Oh, bottom line to me is that this is a condo is a very special martial arts film, film in general and it gets a lot of stuff so well for a modern context and again you know just being like you know having that back that other context of moko's roar kind of making he's putting latin martial arts latin american martial arts on the map almost single-handedly you know um so yeah if anybody if anybody else has seen the movie then you know your thoughts But yeah i was really impressed by this i, I really love this
3: Should I go? Sorry, I I I don't know if you guys know, but I got kicked out. I don't know how I got kicked out. Uh, <laughs> I Had to come back in. I was like so like caught into what Vice was saying, and the next thing you know, I'm out, and I'm like, what the hell?
0: Yeah, you're 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 good. You're good. Vice was Vice was kind of Vice kind of laid down the initial plot and stuff like that. So, tell us your thoughts on Fist of the Condor.
3: Uh, yeah. So, uh, this is probably tied with John Wick Four of course as like my favorite of the year um i think it's great like vice you mentioned on twitter marcus aurora is both in probably the longest action movie of the year and the shortest and both he shines in and i think that's great it's for me it's i mean my opinion is long overdue but the fact that he's getting to shine now is fantastic um you know one of one of the things I, I realized when watching the movie i remember that them talking about how it was filmed during covid the whole movie was you know during covid so in my head i was thinking like a Okay, well then this makes sense why it's so philosophical then because I think during that time, you know we were all stuck by ourselves, stuck with our own thoughts and you know even some of us maybe even try to better ourselves and figure out like you know just like how well how what do I do now you know and there's a sense of like there was a sense of cabin fever during covid where you kind of saw the worst parts of yourself too because you're stuck in like one place you know for you know a whole year, right so I think when when this movie kind of explored like kind of like the yin and yang of of yourself like, there's a side of you that you like, a side of you that you don't like. And I think both of them, you know, having the twin brothers was kind of like that, like yin and yang of like, look, we got the evil brother, we got the evil guest, and we have the good brother. And I, I thought that was fascinating. And forgive me, by the way, I'm not eloquent with my words. So a lot of the time it's going to be like, remember when he did that thing? That was cool. Um, so I'm going to try my best to kind of
0: to kind of so like, uh, our,
1: our show is like not far from the chris farley show when we talk about yeah, these yeah. movies anyway remember when you did that that was awesome so it's all good okay um
3: so i you know i thought that was really cool that he got to explore that in himself and it's, by the way in latino culture you know i think most cultures but and in, in, you know because i'm latino i i can see that there's machismo in our culture right it's it's a topic that we don't really actually address have yet to address um properly and, at a at a at a big scale but this movie kind of deals with that a little bit because the the main theme of the movie is ego how does ego trap you how does ego keep you from reaching your full potential and um and going back to the yin and yang thing it's like yeah it's great that this brother is good and all but he left his family you know he's not perfect and then you have this evil brother who killed their you know the master you know both of them have flaws and both of them probably need a little bit of each other in order to kind of like you know, kind of master the fist of the condor. Cause the whole talk is like, well, he mastered it. Well, no, I mastered it or, or you know, or like he has the book. No, no, he has the book. It's, it's kind of a little bit of that, that struggle within yourself. I think that movie kind of explores that a little bit. And, and that's why I love it is cause I'm like, Dude, look at this big guy. He could easily be like an egomaniac. He could easily like, but no, he he's able to kind of like go about it in this humble, self-reflective way um, in telling the story. Um, and so that's why I really love with this in the corner on top of the fight scenes um, like like Vice or said, in my opinion, I think Marcos Zorro is uh, similar to like Wesley Snipes in the way that his movement is unique and hard to replicate. Like I tried doing that whole blade recreation stuff. If I tried doing a Marcos Zorro thing, I, I, I would fail because Marco has like a, a little almost like a like a salsa dancer a little bit in terms of his movement. He's very fluid, He's very loose. And um, and, he, and then he implements like not only like traditional kung fu, but he has like tricking, right? He's doing like B twists in the air to mimic the condor. He's using XMA like like super like fast movements in his katas, and it's, and it's fascinating to see. And that he's incorporating not only the old school martial arts, but he's also embracing the the new, the you know the the new stuff, the tricking, the XMA. And he's creating, like you said, his own style. And I think, and that's why I love seeing it on screen. And by the way, he's a buff ass dude. So seeing that 4k big screen in your face, it's like, wow. Or you're like, you know, I've never seen someone like that. You know, as a kid, I would have loved to, all I had was Van Damme. He was the most exotic, you know, person that was like in, you know, in action movies. when I was a kid and, and seeing this guy now a Latino doing it, it's, it's, it's freaking
1: cool. So. Um oh, he, okay. he looks like he has shoulders on top of shoulders like yeah. it's like there, there's a normal shoulder joint and then there's Marco's shoulder joint which is on top <laughs> of the other shoulder joint and it comes out in every direction it's insane looking yeah yeah he's, yeah, he's, he's kind he of
2: yeah and I I was able to meet him in person you know for the um for the screening and you know I feel like what did I say I feel like Gimli standing next to the Leg- legolas like he's so <laughs> tall and beautiful like he's like radiating but he's still like he's still, like a humble dude he's like so nice to be around and i'm like ah, ah, ah. i'm like like the light I-, I can't stand next to this light it's so, it's so but you know but again yeah, you know, he had a humility about him as well and, oh and, he, and in the, well i guess I, we forgot to say but i guess we'll go into uh for the audience we have some spoilers here so we forgot to mention that but um we'll, we'll, we'll try to keep it light um, the the movie is pretty sparse plot wise, so but still, we get into the spoilers. So one one more, one point I want to bring up is that uh, about the Latino uh, kind of there's some great jokes here. Like uh, there's a part where he goes to the bar, you know has has the uh, the traditional bar fight, you know. But and again, that's where that machismo comes in. The uh the, these guys are like talking shit to him and they try and like you know um they oh, I, I, they say oh who do you think you are Jackie Chan? You know like or they say uh he, he thinks he's Kane from kung fu like like and I and I and I asked Marco about that. And I, I kind of imagine that. When he was coming up, people thought he was crazy. Like, why is like again? Why is the guy from Chile that thinks he's fucking Jackie Chan? He must have heard that in real life, you know, when he's coming up, and, and he kind of, he kind of like, that out the movie. But even but then they say like uh, one of, there's another scene where the, the evil brother quote unquote, uh, he's talking to his pupil the the, the bad guy in the movie, Kalari, uh, uh, who i will get into, and he says, uh, "What's my brother doing? He's still going around like like the renegade, which is a reference to the TV show The Renegade." Sorry, Lorenzo Lamas. Which was back in the day, like the early 90s, uh, like one of the few like Latino, uh, uh like action stars that we had, if you would to call it that. But like that was a pretty, a pretty, uh a hit show, I think, for its time, relatively speaking. Yeah, like, the Renegade, he was a, he was basically, as title goes, a Renegade in like, I guess, like a Southwest America, like wrap his motorcycle around. It was like, He like was like framed
0: food. for, framed for a crime he didn't commit. Yeah. yeah, come on, Mike, man. I Mike, Mike you. Do you, yeah, is it in your binders? Do you have a binder full of renegade? I don't actually gifts? have a. I don't even have. I I don't even have it bindered. It's in. It's in. Uh, it's in. It's in its case. It's. It's right behind me, but it's, be, it's stacked behind a couple of other movies. Yeah, I have the Renegade complete collection. Of course, I have the Renegade.
2: Complete. <laughs> your eyes lit up as soon as it, as, soon as he mentioned Renegade. Well, you know, again, that, that speaks like you know, like I like like Aaron, like you saying, like you know, we kind of the. There were so few and far between these icons of our cultures, like you know, for me with, with these types, you know, or and then later on Michael J. White, but, but you know, in Latin America, like in, at least in the big American or global movies, there really wasn't that many people, you know. So to the fact that he kind of mentions, oh yeah, like he kind of states that lineage uh, that we've kind of been here for a while, we just you know, and now he now he's he's the next the next big icon for that too. Hey, and, just um,
0: just so we've got video proof there it's it's now oh my
2: fucking god (laughs) Uh, i love it that looks
0: who is the dude who who is the dude Um, the guy on the right there richmond is he was great he was great yeah Yeah. he was great he he's he's probably i mean he was a very famous in the late 80s 90s he was a very famous thug slash henchman uh gets his ass kicked by seagal and hard to kill he's if you remember he's the one that uh seagal like Breaks his hand and is like, oh, I remember you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> apparently my Segal sounds like Keanu Reeves for some
2: reason. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and so actually, so I want to kind of another part of that is um, when we go about the lineage. Um, one of the things that I found out that he kind of that he talked about in the Q and A was that um, there's a there's a character in the movie uh, the Conda woman. She's the master at the temp at the temple, quote unquote, where he where uh the young brother is learning. Well, they're, they're called they are both they're, they're called the warrior and the twin uh, uh, Guerrero and Jimeno. And so she's the master at the, at the Condor Temple, as it were. And Marco told us that that's his real-life mother. Um, she, uh, Gina Aguad, she's famous in her own right because she is, from all accounts, the first ever woman in Chile to get a black belt in karate. So he, he himself is from this kind of unique lineage of, of, of martial arts. And she and he said that, you know, the story goes that um, long ago when she was in her prime, as it were, she wanted to be a martial arts star, too. But then he came along to see, sell it to, the, to the family first. So it was just really kind of cool like that. He said like this was like the fulfillment of that promise, that wish that to have her be an action movie star, you know, like to finally get that that done. And it, was just, it was it was a really kind of moving moment when I when he said it, you know, in the audience. I was like, wow, this is just, like that just kind of another part of how deep this movie actually is. It's not just some like cheap DTV fucking like you know low low indie. Lo-fi action movie. This is like there's a lot of spirit, soul in this movie, that in little parts of it all. Um, another thing I want to the other part of that this lineage thing of, is uh the co-star Al Meyer. Uh, he as he has, he's he's the main villain in this which which will is revealed to be part one of the presumably part two two movies. His style to contrast with the Condor style of when you Condor, he's a a practitioner in real life and the movie of Kalari Payatu or Kalari, which is an Indian martial art form, um, which is said to be the, actually the precursor to Chinese Kung Fu itself, like 3,000 years of, you know, of history. It's like older than Kung Fu. I mean, the, the story goes, you know, Indian, you know, the Indian monk, had this background of Kalari, went to China to you know, do, do his monk stuff whatever. And through that, the monks in China learned the Kung Fu or they developed their own style of Kung Fu. That's way the story goes. And it's a really, again, so when you see the actual fighting, it's a really beautiful, con- beautiful is the word, contrast between his, you know, the, the Indian style, like not even, yo- well, yoga is part of their movement style, but it's his own thing, color is his own thing. You see his like really expressive, like angular, but also fluid movements compared to um, Marco's, like the, the animalistic style movements, the wingspan and the, and the bear crawls and the stuff. Yeah. And, and, and this is a part, part of like, you know, I, I'm thinking this, this reminds of, you know, like 10 Low versus Jackie or Donnie, you know, ver, 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 versus, you uh, um, you know, in Wu Jing, like these the distinct fighters and the distinct styles, this is like this is timeless stuff, you know. But it, that this, again, it's this really captured my interest that, like, like nah, this is like I'm I'm seeing something special, unique on it, That you it, it, it's a blessing to see. This is what, what like martial arts movies are all about. She needs styles and these characters who have these styles and just do this really cool stuff. And plus, you know, the psychic's ass. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's a-, it's a great ass.
3: Well, yeah, to kind of build on that, too, right? Like, I know the movie isn't called slight, you know, uh, shout out to Matt Essery, wonderful writer. The, the the word he kept giving the movie was slight. It's small and it is small budget, not many locations and pr- primarily one location, probably.
0: It was actually originally supposed to even be a web series. It wasn't even supposed oh, to be a movie to begin with.
3: That, made, that makes sense because of the chapter breakdowns then. Yeah, yeah. So watching it, I was like, there's something epic about this movie despite its low budget. And like you said, Vice, like it, it is personal, but through that personal connection, through that personal storytelling, you're able to kind of almost feel like this epicness in the story, despite its small scale, there's an the epicness of emotion. And that's what I liked about the movie is that I was like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, there they are just on a beach, but like, but man, I'm feeling like this is a certain amount of emotional weight on me that like most, uh, honestly, blockbusters I, I don't get from, you know, I don't get that sense of epicness and like, damn, this is like a grand story being told here and um and that's why and that's another reason why i really love this movie it was like damn like, small budget but shit i mean it feels like you know this is like end of the world type shit that they're that they're dealing <laughs> with you know um so um so yeah i kind of wanted to build
2: on that what you were talking about there yeah so yeah did you guys any did you guys have a chance to see the movie um before this so you have any thoughts about as well Mike.
1: yeah um well yeah mike what, what did you say what, what did you think
0: um first and foremost i i just want to tag on a couple things Vice I said um that yeah uh so the uh the uh the martial art that A.L. That Meyer does for people who listen to this show they'll probably most recognize it it's also uh Vidya Jamwal the great Indian martial artist is a master at, at this so the, their fighting styles are very similar um Uh, I also wanted to shout out, uh, I introduced Aaron to uh, a Puerto Rican martial artist named Jose Manuel, and I flipped shit when I saw him show up in this movie. Um, Jose's another up-and-comer. I was going to try and get him on the show at one point, and it just kind of didn't, it hasn't happened, but I I still want to try and get him on again, because he's trying to do the same thing, sort of, that Marco is in in Puerto Rico. He is sort of trying to establish a Puerto Rican... uh, martial arts, you know, film industry. So um that's very cool. As far as the movie goes, I don't know, man. It's The thing I love and also don't love about Marco and Ernesto Diaz Espinosa is they're fucking weird and they're goofy and they do weird, <laughs> goofy shit. Every single one of their movies has been weird and goofy <laughs> and it usually takes me more than one time to kind of come around on it. The only one that I really you know, the only one that I absolutely loved from minute one that they've done was Redeemer, and even Redeemer's fucking goofy and weird, because you've got this serious, like, Marcos Aurora is so serious, and he's got all these tattoos because he's this hitman who's trying to redeem himself, and, and- And then you've got fucking Noah Sagan doing the sweatiest fucking most coked out performance that I have seen in a long time. So they're moving. And and so this falls right in that lineage. It's, you know, you guys are talking about how epic it feels and all this stuff. And I'm watching this thing and I'm like, this is a goofy ass fucking Right. (laughs) Like this is fucking silly because it's so self-serious But then they do fucking smash zooms during the fight scenes, and they throw in all these references to other martial arts movies. The entire last fight is basically structured to look like the last fight from Way of the Dragon, complete with Marco actually replicating Bruce Lee's, like, doing, like, Bruce Lee's warm-ups. I mean, he, he, like, shot for shot recreates Bruce Lee's warm-ups in that. Um, and so it is, it is this weird dichotomy of like this super serious, like meditation on martial arts and this goofy ass movie. And, and that's Marco and Ernesto. Like that is what they do. They, they, they take martial arts seriously, but they're so weird and I love them for it. <laughs> so this one didn't hit me like it hit you guys. I think it's going to take me a couple of times. I thought it was a big step down from Redeemer, um, and, and a step down from Mandrill. Um, honestly, I kind of would say it's my least favorite of theirs since Kiltro because Kiltro to me is, is probably my least favorite of their movies because Kiltro has a third act that has to be seen to be believed. The most amazing third acts ever in a movie. Unfortunately the two acts prior to it. it, it, And a lot of that, I think is just a function of budget. They just didn't have the budget to do all the fights that they wanted to. But, but you know, if you haven't seen Kiltro, when Marco finally unleashes uh what Marco is capable of, it is jaw-dropping. Um, but uh, but I mean I still enjoyed it. I'm glad I watched. I actually watched it twice because I got a screener. I watched the screener and then I watched it uh again. And 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 I tried to re-watch it again or at least scan through it again before we recorded. And you're right, Liam. I watched it on Prime, but I I uh, something's gone wrong, so I actually did the same thing you did. I I I added uh, I added Haya. So uh, yeah. I, and yeah. Now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I didn't rewatch it on Prime. Maybe I just rewatched my screener twice. I, I because uh, if
1: you're like me, you have a I have a Sony TV from a few years ago, and so the app android system is terrible and so i would do the prime channels for things like shutter and hiya and then um i forgot i got a fire stick for that tv so now i can actually just download the hiya app and i'm nuking the prime channel which kind of sucks as a search function anyway because you try to search hiya and it just searches all of prime and all those other things so anyway i'm I'm on the proper hiya now i'm glad that you said goofy mike because that was a little bit of the words of, of some of the stuff uh, for me, I like 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 back to our John Wick review. I like to say the positive things up front. And I think uh, you guys have laid a lot of that out. And, and, and especially, you know, when we talk about DTV movies is like uh, about everything mattering. And I really do think, you know, that the cinematography here uh, is, is gorgeous and it matters in the locations. That's a little bit of the stuff that I talk, like I love about Michael Bay. It's like it's not just that he has all the money, he he always like picks the right locations to shoot things. And I think like that little shack by the ocean, it's it's beautiful. And some of the stuff in the mountains, like they, they really do an excellent job scouting, which is a, a skill into itself. Um I just think it's really interesting because Marco is so big and he's so like it's so interesting to see how he gets used in western stuff compared to his own stuff because he is sort of like oped you know like he he's like overpowered so he's he, he fits so perfect in our stuff as as a as a henchman or a big bad right like undisputed three totally you know is is maybe one of you know he's just a fantastic villain in that series uh and then just in john wick four he's he's like the the perfect john wick bond bad guy you know like i i think he's better in that than batista is in in the bond movies like he's he's kind of a perfect uh uh you know foil for those movies and he sets up the end he's great but then when you have him as the lead like he because he's so big and so strong and so imposing that they they kind of like have to make him a little weird <laughs> <laughs> so they're like like who's bullying this guy at the bar and it's like <laughs> well, he's got to be a weird dude but i i thought the bar scene was was definitely a highlight of the movie for me it's where i, I kind of popped um you know i thought the my look my big overall criticism of this and i you can guys can call me the script watchers i would have <laughs> liked something a little bit more chronological i i was just getting lost there's mm, just yeah. like okay the 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 master's killed and now she's back and now we're here and now there's, Oh, he has a second master and then 45 minutes into the movie. Guess what? He has a wife and a kid. What? Like there's just, (laughs) I just would have, I I think, I think a little bit more of a traditional, um, give me all the, the, the stuff up front. Show me what the brother did to you up front. And then kind of going off and, and, and planning your revenge and having these fights and then leading back up to the, to the big confrontation that uh, there's, there, there feels like there's a, uh, I definitely, I guess, convoluted is just the word I would mm. use. It's not so much about the script as the edit, is yeah. that it? Just I, and I think as a web series, those chapters would probably make more sense, right? Yeah. But in in a movie, you're kind of like, they they both look pretty similar, him and the brother in different time periods. They have like the same wig, and so I was like, oh, is this the brother's family? And they're like, no, 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 it's his family. Well,
0: so. Yeah. Can I just interrupt really quick? Cause this is my theory. So uh, folks, we are going to go into spoilers here. My theory is they're not brothers. My theory is this is fight club. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Th- that it's the same. It's that it's, it's the same Marco throughout the whole thing, because everybody, you guys kept calling him the good Marco. He's a fucking dick throughout this movie. He's not the good <laughs> yeah. Marco. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, 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 He's also, um, you know, so there's going to be a twist. For those who have seen it, you know, this sets up a sequel hook. It is not a complete movie. That is one other problem I kind of had with it. It's half a movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, they're going to, one of two things, my theory is one of two things is going to happen. One, either they're the same guy, because you even have A.L. Mayer say that, you know, he's a, yeah. the rumor is that people say you're the same person. Or the one that we think is the good brother is actually the bad guy and the one that we're following that we think is the hero is actually, or that we think is the villain is, is actually the, the, you know, the one that we thought was the villain. It's, it's, and I think that's why, because I I was with you, Liam, I was getting lost. And then we got to the end and I was like, oh, that's why it's so choppy. They don't want us to actually follow which brother is doing which. They want us to be intentionally confused by this so that they've got a reveal coming on later. Total theory. I have nothing. There's nothing. I don't have any inside information or anything on that. But that is my theory. This is not a straightforward brother versus brother kind of situation.
1: No, so did he imagine pissing in his own face? That's, <laughs> that
0: I a- think so. Yeah, I think so. That's, that's legit. That's like him trying to kill the other half of him or like humiliate the other half of him.
2: Oh, that yeah. reminds me that somebody brought it up. Uh, that uh, this is not Marco. This is a new Box list movies where Marco gets pissed on in his face, like uh, because in Dynamic 4, uh, spoiler, I guess, whatever the dog pisses on him when he gets defeated. <laughs>
3: You know I was gonna say you know like yeah this movie's not without its goofy scenes like like Michael like like Mike said I um I remember in the theater when he started getting pissed on I was like oh shit oh but then like like the stream stops right and I'm like oh it's done and then it keeps going I'm like oh it, it reminded me of like Team America when like the, the puppet is like throwing up and then he just like won't stop and I'm like let's go on for a little bit okay and then there's also the scene where like the the bad brother is like behind a bush and he's like peeking through yes and like like running away on like
2: (laughs)
1: uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) i'm glad you brought that exact shot up because that is the funniest shot of the movie where he's just like (laughs) it's very it's very theater kid sort of like we're you know we're creatures of the night
3: (laughs) yeah but that's part of the charm right i mean and like
1: by the way that theory that michael
3: that mike had I had the same theory, except I thought it was stupid. Except I thought it was me being dumb. I thought I just wasn't following right. But I was also like, dude, is this like, is, is he really like the same guy? So yes, I had the same theory too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's not you. It's not you being dumb. Um, Because yeah, it, it's because if you notice also, they never, the brothers never talk to each other in the movie. They, they, they're they in one scene together side by side when she sends the one off, but they never actually interact with one another in the movie. Now, that could also just be a function of this is a super low budget movie, so they don't have the ability to have Marco talk to himself, which I'm certain is why we also did not get, you know, why we're getting the sequel hook, because that I'm sure this movie did not have the money for him to fight himself. This isn't the yeah. one, you know, yeah. <laughs> Um, they don't they don't have that kind of money. Uh, they should have
1: sprung for the VFX to just do a wide shot of him pissing on himself. I would have liked both
0: of them in frame at
1: the same time for the pissing. Um,
0: all right. Sorry, Liam. I, I derailed us by my wild no, theory. But I think that was
1: about I, I think that was about it. It was like I lo- love the love the, the the martial arts, the cinematography. Um, you know, Marcos um his he, he does have like, even though he's an asshole, like you said, there's a certain sweetness to him. Um, and, and you can kind of get that across that, uh, they, they give him a bit of an innocence when he plays the lead in these things, like a, a simpleness to him in a weird way. And, and I, I don't know, I find, I find all of it charming as hell. It's just, I, I got lost and and along the way. And, and, uh, I felt like the highlights for me as simple as it is, is that the bar fight was like its own contained story, you know, like goes in guys are assholes and then even I liked that, like, you know, that little flash where he was like, you know, talks to the guy and said, you know, you're only doing this for your own insecurity. And then all of a sudden it stops. And he's like, I'm not a monk. And then he just, you know, dumps the beer on his head. And, and I even liked there was a little, I even said the bad guy takes out a, um, this is my Chris Farleyism, but he, he took out the brass knuckles. And I just went, Yeah, right. Like, who cares? You're not going to do anything with that. And then, literally, the next shot, he just kicks him through the chest and he like he flies against the wall. I, I love that. I, there, there was a lot of fun within the fights themselves.
3: Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to say too about the goofiness, that's kind of why I liked it, because it, it does remind me of like Houston hey, Kung kind of movies that had like the, the goofy side character. But instead of having a goofy side character, Marco is goofy like that's what I like about it right um it reminded me of like Hong Kong movies too like Richard Ng where, like Meng Hoi would be like kind of like the like silly guy silly sidekick or something like that I thought that was I thought that was like part of the charm to it so I mean it was goofy but um I don't know it added it kind of added some levity a little bit to like the seriousness of it all and, it well, and that's the,
0: yeah that's always Marco Marco in in any of his movies with Ernesto he's he's always playing this like socially awkward uh, you know, like he's that in Kiltro. He's super that in Mirage Man. In Mirage Man, he's like a he's like a, a comic book nerd. You know, who like can't even talk to girls. Like he's he's you know. And again, oh, like you really? said, like you said, Liam, it's the way that you like. It's the way that that you deal with him being OP, right? Because he's such a beast, you run the risk of him turning into because the the person that he most physically resembles, in my opinion, in movies is is John Abraham from from Bollywood. They have the same structure same physique but John Abraham's just a beast in every movie he's in he's just a he's just a, a an unstoppable Terminator in every movie that he's in Marco they really don't want him to be that until the very end of the movie so the way you deal with that is you make him weird you make him socially awkward you make him this goofy guy Redeemer you make him a hermit who who doesn't you know doesn't interact with society um and so I think that that absolutely does work because Marco plays that so well there is such a charm in him downplaying his physical abilities um, that I think is is really terrific. The other thing that I I wanted to bring up, the other influence that I got from this that we haven't mentioned yet is – Man, this is motherfucking fist of the North Star as as hell. Like you got you got the fist of the condor. You got the two brothers. They betray each other. One one is wandering the wasteland in leather, getting into fights, trying to track down his brother. Like there's there's just even like I half expected Marco to end up with like scars in his chest at some point, <laughs> um, because this was this was so Fist of the North Star for me, and it totally the the bar fight really really made me think of that because again it's just all these guys and he's just one punching everybody, uh, you know he just stops short of saying you're already dead you just don't <laughs> know it yet, um, like. So clearly they were binging Fist of the North Star when they wrote this too, which I loved as I'm watching it. I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm all in on this. So again, I don't want my, like, calling it goofy. I I realize that sounds unnecessarily harsh. I really enjoyed the shit out of the movie. I just thought, again, it was in this. If people haven't watched it, I do want to prepare them that Marcos Aurora and Ernesto Diaz Espinosa are fucking weirdos, and I love them for it, but they are. If you're expecting a very traditional martial arts movie, even though it looks like a traditional Shaw Brothers movie, it is not going to be. Nothing about any of their movies is like traditional, um, which I think is great. That's what sets them apart. It's the same vibe when, you know, India or Indonesia or some other country starts doing new action movies there's always a vibe to them that's very different um and and that's what i love about them
2: yeah, yeah one more comparison i want to bring up is um you know you mentioned that like the the fun of it, all the goofiness that's uh um it and but also the, the the soul of it that we mentioned um there's a film that came out in 2010 in a chinese uh, hong kong film called uh galance which is definitely more of a comedy like intentional comedy but it, but it's uh basically uh this young punk who, or young guy who's getting bullied meets up with these, like, actual, like, Kung Fu masters, but they're, like, they're, like past their prime. So the whole thing is, like, uh, it's this young nerd and these old masters versus, like, this new, like, uh, modern MMA-style uh, Chinese Kung Fu school or camp, whatever. I mean, it's very, so it's a very, again, very silly, very, you know, that's a fun- funniness, a comedy. Also very soapful, very, like, again, very um, into the ph- philosophy of martial arts and the humility versus ego, that kind of thing. Um, and then that one, that, that was kind of, that one started, uh, Leong siu Leung, who also other than ones was, was it Bruce Leong, you know, a legendary Chinese actor as well, along with uh, Chen Kwan-Tai, um, who himself had been, you know, uh, uh, ex-shoots of Shaolin, uh, big brother Chen, you know, these are like legitimate Hong Kong legends doing this like goofy, like, movie when they passed their prime, which is part of what played in the movie. And yeah, and that was a similar vibe I got from this, is from Kano with Golan, like, you know, it's a it's, uh, goofy stuff going on, but they also, but the martial arts is, is real. It's like legends doing martial arts. But also, there's like this, like this this heart to it that you know, like uh, it's not just about kicking ass stuff. It's about you know becoming who you are as a person, whether that's good or bad, you know, and how you get done with that. So yeah, if you guys haven't seen Galants. I'm not sure it is streaming now, unfortunately. But um, just you, I'm sure if you can search it on on the internet, well, it's definitely a film worth worth. And it's even funny because at the end not this bullet, but um, at the end it has a quote, Is that Coach Rocky of all things? In, in a hong kong movie it's just it's so like again that, that you know what is it that, not, not, it's not how hard you get hit it's how much I mean, you get, get back up it's that you know it's like a it, that's that soul to it all it's really fun um but yeah so yeah um visit connor like you know, take please take all of our much into account when you go to check it out if you haven't already yeah. um yeah for, for me it's one of the best movies of the year and like, again like you know just just having this john wick for and this alone like you know i'm i'm set <laughs> like but then I'm, I'm good with action, but, but, you know, as we'll get into in a minute, we have even more stuff down the pipeline that we're looking forward to. But, yeah, I really love really this movie. And yeah, I, I did think- I
0: did forget. Sorry, really quick, Aaron. I just did forget one other Fist of the North Star thing. You know, spoilers. He does – he fucking blows somebody up. That was really when the Fist of the North Star thing <laughs> yeah, went over the top yeah. for me. Uh Aaron.
3: Oh yeah. Oh, real quick though. That, yeah. That are you talking about the headshot at the end where he like <laughs> yeah. busted the... it? Well, oh, cause when
0: they're, when they're flipping through the manual, the fist of the condor manual, if you looked at the drawings, it shows whoever can use the fist of the condor blowing people up. And I'm like, this is fucking fist of the North star. <laughs> and then sure enough. Yeah. At the end, he, he blows the dude up. So uh, yeah. Aaron, your final thoughts on it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that scene real quick. That was cool in the theater. Cause my, my theater didn't have much reaction except for the, for the silly parts. Okay. PSA people that go to watch fu movies in the theater. You don't have to laugh at everything. You do not <laughs> have to laugh at everything. Please just shut up. Just let people who are there to enjoy the movie, enjoy the movie enough. i got, I saw the heart. How do you laugh at hard boiled? You know, I know Mike has a story about, you know, bullet to the head, you know, that alone, like why do you people feel like you have to laugh at everything? That's like different. Oh my God. Anyways, the, the, the only positive interaction the audience had with the movie was when he blew that guy's like head off. Like as soon as it zooms out and it's like, like, Oh, and I was like, that's like the biggest reaction I got in that whole theater. Okay. So anyways, besides the PSA, besides all that stuff, like I, I felt a, a tremendous amount of Latino pride after the movie, you know, um, I kind of it reminded me of a touch of Zen a little bit King who kind of really like showcasing the natural aspect of China and, and showing off like the, like how gorgeous it it can look. I thought that Ernesto did a fantastic job, like showing off like the beauty of Chile as as much as they could given the budget. And I think, um, I think that's great. And I think that's, you know, it shows that there's a whole world out there of people that want to film their countries and on, on as a big of a scale as, as they can um and and you know you using martial arts in that was special to me because i'm like dude not only do i feel latino pride but these guys are like badass martial artists i I just never seen that before never seen that on a big screen let alone so uh that's my i guess my final thoughts was like you know you know um hopefully this this spawns a little bit of a trend you know i'm mexican half salvadoran so i would want to see a a mexican like movie i would want to see like like aztecs doing martial arts or something like that like almost like 300 style um so you know in movies like fist of the condor open that the possibilities up you know they could even go the inca route as well like um yeah you know without you know don't want to ramble but yes (laughs) love this no i mean
1: i i think it's funny that you you mentioned the big screen and that like the two people that love the movie are the ones that saw it in the theater and the ones like Mm -hmm. you're watching it on high at home it's not quite the same experience to get that like hypnotic you know, concentrated effect. So, yeah. I mean, I I think that's a, that's a tribute, you know, to the, to the whole experience. And I'm glad you guys got to go see it in the theater.
0: All right, Aaron, we're, we're bumping up on your time limit. So we are going to talk about a couple of trailers, but before we let you go, let's talk about the Blue Beetle trailer. Uh, again, we don't talk a ton about, superhero trailers and stuff here but it does seem to come up occasionally and obviously blue beetle is one that I, that feels appropriate to talk about uh here so i i know you and i have been talking about this one for a while because a it's another you know it's another latino uh character action hero but also you and i are both uh diehard disciples of the church of sholomar duena so uh you know i cannot wait to uh and, and watching the trailer for me it was like oh yeah that's my boy there's my boy there's Miguel that's he's he's doing his Miguel shit in this what did you think of the trailer Aaron
1: um
3: that was I, I thought it was great first of all visually it looks good right I'm not trying to be like a a, a solo biased but aside from him looking great the movie looks good the action is good there's some shots in there where he does like a, a front kick and then side kicks the guy to the wall I'm like that's JJ Perry right there that's because he's doing the second unit direction so I was like okay we're covered on that. That's a good part. And then he's hooking Sholo up. You know, that's, it's great to see. we got George Lopez back in it. It's good to see George Lopez back in movies. It's been, it's been too long since, since George Lopez. Now he's playing the weird uncle. I love that with the whole Batman and fascist line, which people, if you want to bitch about Batman is fascist line, please go fuck off. Like it's, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. I, I get spicy on Twitter sometimes a lot. And so I want to take the opportunity to kind of, show that a little bit dude it's (laughs) it's not a big deal it's just a throwaway line um but aside from that yeah solo looks great um having him like us as kids we grew up on like power rangers and stuff a lot of mexican kids grew up on power rangers i remember everyone wanted to be a power ranger as a kid and seeing like this kind of like almost like guyver-esque power rangers super sentai-esque movie starring a mexican character with you know a whole mexican cast it's freaking cool so um love love the Blue Beetle trailer. I'm excited for it. And hopefully, hopefully it doesn't suck. Oh, well, I hope it doesn't suck. Everyone wants to talk about how DC's sucking nowadays, Marvel sucking nowadays. Hopefully this movie can just be a little bit of a bounce back. I can give a shit about the flash or whatever the hell. Just I hope Blue Beetle's good.
2: Yeah, um, for my part, yeah, like, like you saying, like I I kind of don't care about the the whole all these either either of the big companies there. Universe, time, last shit anymore. Like, I don't, you know, from from from. In my eyes, you know, it ended with that was Justice League and it ended with the uh, Endgame. Like now, I don't now. I just I don't care about what the future holds in in averted sense. I just want, like, I just want the movies to be fun. Whatever, whatever, whatever they just have to do, just make the movie good. <laughs> you know, yeah. So like, I, I, did, I didn't even see the uh, the Shazam. Was like, I don't, I don't care about it. But like, like this, this, this on its, all, just on its face, this looks like a fun, like like youth oriented action movie. You know that can't ask much more than that, really, from a comic book movie at the end of the day. yeah, And, you know, you mentioned this, the Super Sentai influence of it all. Like, uh, it just looks fun. You know, it looks good. Um, You know, we we, we didn't talk about it too much, but um, recently, the past, this past month, we had the uh, Dungeons & Dragons movie that came out. And again, I guess it was kind of like a low expectation, but people were like, because of the, uh, similar to the Mario movie with the older, like, infamous one, you had the older Dungeons & Dragons were infamously terrible. So people were like, yeah, "This is gonna suck." No, it great. it's great. This is a solid, well-made film with great effects, both practical and CGI. You know, again, because doesn't matter what it is, it's matter how, how you use it. Great cast, having fun, and you know, it, it, it moves. Like you don't, we don't. The property at this point almost doesn't matter. Just make a good movie, and people, will, people will show, up, people will support it. So that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping will happen with this. I it's just gonna be a, a movie that people can enjoy. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Mike, what are you, what were your thoughts?
0: I pretty much already said I, I loved it. I thought it looked great. Um, it's, I, I mean, again, in video proof. Here's my blue beetle figure that uh, that was. So, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan. For those who don't know, the 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 blue beetle, the the Jaime Reyes blue beetle character, was developed by uh, and written by John Rogers, uh, who wrote Leverage, created Leverage, my favorite TV show of all time. It's very much a a 20th 21st century DC version of Spider-Man, which people roll their eyes when you say that, but it really is and, it, and in my opinion, there have been lots of comics that have tried to capture that Spider-Man vibe, um, you know, with lots of new characters and stuff. and Blue Beetle really, the Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle really captures it, I think as well as any comic ever has. And so if they can capture that same vibe in the movie, I think it's it's going to be a lot of fun. And I don't think it's going to break out, but it does have the potential to break out. If the movie is good, I can see it actually hitting really well with, uh, you know, sort of tweeners. And, and as we all know, a summer release that hits with tweeners tends to, uh, tends to ratchet up on the box office. I don't think it's going to happen. I think, I think DC, if you just look at the way DC movies have gone, I just think absent Batman, the, the, the stench on them is kind of a little too, too strong right now, but, uh, we'll see, but it does, it does have the potential if the movie's good and it looks good. It looks, I guess the best I can say is I watched the trailer and above and beyond having Sholo it, I, I, it, I went. This is what I want out of a Blue Beetle movie. He's got the dick bug that's constantly trying to kill everybody attached to him. He's constantly frazzled, trying not to kill everybody and to convince this ultimate weapon that it it doesn't need to just destroy the world. It's got all that vibe. It looks good to me. So, Liam, what did you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought the same thing. Uh, like color wise, I really liked how colorful and and fun it looked. It, it, it you know, I think a lot of the the quote-unquote fatigue of some of these movies is that, um, for for lack of a better word, it's just like, there's a lot of sludge, and I didn't get that that visual sludge look. Most uh, so, of
0: it takes place during the day, at least yeah. during the trailer. Yeah, and
1: uh, and so yeah, I, I think it looks fun, and like you said, um, it it's, it hopefully hopefully breaks out. I, I have no no feel for the the box office of things right now. I feel like uh, it's like it's it's as hard. To figure out this year as possible, um, and 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 who knows what the world's going to be like in August, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think it was an, a really good first trailer, and it kind of hits hits like that live action, like you're saying, sort of Spider Verse vibes. So cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think if it hits, if it can pull, sp- you know, Spider Verse or or more recently Dungeons and Dragons numbers, I'm not Scott Mendelssohn, he might disagree, you know, but. Uh, I think if it can pull Dungeons and Dragons numbers you're going to be pretty happy about that because you know that movie is is a modest hit and it's got it's 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 maintaining because people are seeing it and like Vice said you know people are going thinking it's going to be a piece of shit and they watch it and it's like oh damn this is actually a good fun movie so uh, you know I kind of hope that's the comparable is is it sort of hits Dungeons and Dragons level
3: yeah, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how they represent um, SoCal, Southern California, Mexican culture. It's a whole, you know, everyone wants to put Latino culture under an umbrella, but there's different factions of us. I mean, even as we saw with like, even Frankie on the last episode you guys did with Frankie, much different vibe from him than what I'm usually used to over in here in California. So uh, I'm excited to see how they evolve Mexican. Like if they're, you know, is he going to be around like Cholos in his neighborhood? Are they going to incorporate that? as a Chicano, like. How, you know, how accurate is it going to be to that? But, it, you know, it was shot in L.A., shot by a Hispanic director, you know. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. And, and sh- to be sh- fair, shout
1: out to the DTV gutter rat, Frankie.
0: Yeah, to be fair, Frankie has a much different vibe than anybody else on the face of the earth. Frankie is his own, his own dude. <laughs> um all right aaron we are we are bumping up against your out because i know you got to go so uh i'm going to give you a chance to plug some shit vice and liam and i are going to keep talking about some stuff but we're going to let you get out of here so you're not you're not bumping up against it um where can people find you uh online
3: um they can find me uh avar stunts on instagram uh at KickassVargas. um i laugh every time i say that out loud kick-ass vargas on twitter um and I, I just did an episode of Action Addicts with with Mr. Uh, Scott Wiley, uh, Power Rangers Unworthy, talking about the web series Power Rangers Unworthy. It's a great show. You guys should check it out. Um, and it was a great episode. And then thank you to Scott for having me on there. Thank you guys for having me on here. Thank you guys so much. Um,
0: yeah, oh, absolutely, man.
3: I, I think I have a, a fight scene coming out this week. Okay, so I did a gig a couple weeks ago. It was in pr- um, promotion for the new anime Las Vegas convention, and they had me come in to a fight. I think it's going to come out this week. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Hopefully it does come out. Um, You know, guys, action for everyone. Look, I mean, I went into this community, action community, not really knowing who I was going to run into. I'm a left leaning, you know, Latino, super like progressive kid. And I thought when getting into this community that I would be filled with guys that would maybe be closed minded that had different values than I did. But the the only similarity was that we liked action movies. But meeting you guys, Mike, Vice, Liam, like you guys are honestly positive male role models. And I think to a lot of people and I think to the future of of action film lovers, I think they people should listen to you guys in terms of. Not only for the opinions, because you guys have great opinions, but also just the world at large. You guys have a great view on the world, and I can see that every time you guys like talk about anything, you get there's a certain humility to you guys, and 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 knowledge and experience that I I really appreciate myself, and that when I go on Twitter, I'm not looking at you know I'm, I'm not looking at super like, you know, I, I've I've had a block some people basically because I've seen some stuff politically that I'm like ugh. But with you guys, it's, it's different. It's like I, I click with you guys and I and um, I really thank you guys for everything. Thank you guys for the support, the friendship, and for the show in general. Action for everyone. You guys you guys show that in spades that you guys are for everyone. So, um, so thank you guys for having me on. I'm going to leave it at that. So thank you guys.
0: Thanks, Aaron. We appreciate it, man. And yeah, keep it up. Uh, we'll get you back on down the road, okay? Sounds good. Sounds good. You guys have a
3: great day. Have a good time recording. And uh, I'll catch you guys later. All right. Thanks, thank brother.
1: you. Appreciate that. Doesn't All right. take much for me to get a, a little little choked up. That's very nice. I like compliments.
0: That was really nice, uh, <laughs> except for the fact that he said we're humble, and I'm not sure that that's a word that I would ascribe to us. But uh... <laughs> we're, we're,
1: we are we are re- re- remarkably measured. Um, but yeah, there, what what else to talk about? So much uh, so much funny shit going on. Uh, yeah,
0: uh, let's talk extra- extraction too, because uh, I have a feeling you guys are going to feel a lot stronger about that trailer than I did. So um...
1: I just love a trailer that's not it's a little atypical, you know, like it, it's not in a world and it's kind of doing the, 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 the traditional beats. So I, I really appreciated that, um that they kind of did something a little different. And I always appreciate when someone's arm is on fire, that they then punch people <laughs> with that arm. That is no, on fire.
0: no disagreement. No, I, <laughs> I actually thought it was tremendous. The trailer itself. I thought was tremendous. I just, as you guys know, I am, I am the, the weird outlier who did not love extraction. And so it's hard for me to get, that pumped for an extraction sequel. Um, but, but
1: Daniel Bernhardt is in the sequel. You're excited sequel. for that. <laughs> Daniel Bernhardt's in the sequel. Um,
0: the fact that that because one of the problems I had with extraction is it just kept reminding me of so many other better movies that I would rather have been watching, but with bringing Rake back in this sort of weird conceit in the way they're doing it and stuff like that. And again, the flaming arm and stuff, it looks like this might be charting some different territory. So, I mean, there's no question I'm going to watch it day one. Like I- I'm absolutely going to watch it day one. I just, I, I, to me, this is more, uh, I'm going to have very measured, expectations until i see it and it might blow me away and i'm gonna go in and hope it blows me away but i'm not i'm not freaking out about it like everybody else did
1: well i i think my my and i know brandon doesn't love extraction either and i'm kind of like i i don't know in a vacuum if i'd be like oh i fucking love this movie but it just came out in the pandemic on netflix and it, it to me it's like a little similar to Olympus Has Fallen, where you're like, there, that's what your business model should be. You know, like there were so many different action movies that they've tried at Netflix over the years that just didn't really quite hit. And it was like this, it's like a solid script. It's a it's a good movie star performance. And thankfully from Hemsworth, for me, it's that he's not doing the same fucking thing. You know, it's like he's he's doing a different mode than he got kind of caught into, which was Thor, you know, goofy himbo mode in almost everything for a decade so that was fresh, and and then the action, you know, giving you know uh, promoting a a great second unit, you know, fight guy and Sam Hargraves to director, it just felt like they struck on like, hey, that's kind of what your your whole like uh, Netflix action movie like programmer thing, like this is what you guys should be kind of focusing on and working within this wheelhouse. So it's a little bit like I said when Millennium did Olympus Has Fallen, it was like. Thank you. That's what (laughs) Millennium Movies should be. Like, just keep making that movie. Stop trying to put Pacino and fucking De Niro back together again. Like, that ain't working. Just give me, like, Gerard Butler stabbing people in the head. So that's my extraction thing. It's like, it's not so much. It's a little bit. I can't separate it from the pandemic and from the moment and from being like, ah, yeah, this is what I want out of a Netflix movie on a Friday night for free. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Sorry, really, just really quick, Vice. Yeah, and I, I would say I have not watched it since it premiered. I do have a feeling I might feel, because of that, Liam, I might actually have kinder thoughts on it because, you know, I've now seen Red Notice. Uh, and, uh, and, and so I know what, you know, and I've now seen the beige man. So yeah. I know what, I know what Netflix action movies are capable of being, uh, and, you, and then, I,
1: you, you've seen the trailer for ghosted. I've uh, seen the so trailer like, for ghosted. Yeah. I mean, no. I mean,
0: so you you are right in that regard that extraction really was at the time. It is something I, I certainly would not have complained if they had used that as a springboard and made more extraction like movies.
1: I uh, mean, l- let's just talk about Endgame and Marvel. Like who of that movie, what star in Endgame has like had a great movie since that movie? It's it's kind of like weird when you think mm-hmm. about it. Like extraction might be the best movie from someone that starred in
0: Endgame. And, uh, and someone tell me. I guess I well, I guess it depends on if you consider starred, but uh unfortunately, I mean Chadwick had two absolute masterpieces come out after after Endgame, but uh, but that would be that he would probably be He's barely I mean, in the movie, unfortunately. You, you, you are right. Of the major stars, they're really there they, none of them have really had one that I mean, shit. They
1: they all got so rich off those fucking movies that Chris they just
0: Evans have... was doing way more interesting work In the middle of being Captain America, you know, stuff like Puncture and uh, and his role in the Iceman and stuff like that. Uh, It's just. Yeah,
1: I got in (laughs) trouble for my criticism of the Ghosted trailer, and I just want to double down on my criticism of that. (laughs) And it's mostly as like a if I were Chris Evans friend and I would be like, wait. So you're going to play like this regular dude type role. Like you're one of the best looking people on the planet and everyone sees you as captain America. You can't go back to being Andy Samberg. Like that, that (laughs) that just doesn't make sense to me. Like I get that you want to be comedy and you want to flex different things, but like, it's like Tom Cruise is, is, is funny in that, uh, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Whatever it is like, that's kind of like, and they're doing the other version of it where he's playing the Cameron Diaz thing. And I'm like, You can still be funny and do comedy, but like because of who you are and what you look like and what people perceive, that has to come into play. And so him being like, I'm just the boyfriend. It's like, dude, I don't relate to you as just the boyfriend. Like, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you are like a fucking exceptional specimen. We don't say like, hey, man, I'm just like Chris Evans. That doesn't work. So anyway, (laughs) that's what my issue of. It's not that he's doing comedy. It's the specific type of role that he's doing and trying to play on that. And we'll see, because even if the twist of the movie is that he actually is a super thing, then you're expecting it. And if it's not there, I don't know. It would have been a pass if I was his agent. That's all I'm trying to say.
0: <laughs> but your thoughts on extraction, too.
2: <laughs> I kind of uh, half joked about uh, people always whining about the one takes. And Liam actually had some added on to that, actually. you know, like uh, it's not that, it's not that. Well, as we kind of talked about uh, well, with Chaz the the master now, the new the new master, when, it, when we talk about John Wick Four and like you know his his uh broken one takes or his broken takes, you know like with the the dragon's breath scene, you know, and how he, how he was saying you know like most of them suck, so he was like how do, how do I make them? What's the part that people like? But then like what, what part can we discard about these? What makes a one taker so special, you know? And so so I'm um, you know people uh, there's a there was a whole harangue about the attraction won't take people like, you know, this is just a piece of the movie. And I, you know, I, I loved it, but it, you know, it, you know, it's, it's still, you can see it, it, has its rough edges at the very least, you know, but for me, again, being that pandemic Netflix movie, I was like, fuck it. Great. No, do more of that. Like, especially, especially knowing that the director being a, coming from that stone background, literally strapped his ass to a fucking hum, a Humvee and drove around with the camera. Like, you know, I, yes. I like, Oh, there's a kind of, wild tangent here like uh we talk about you know special effects and practical versus cgi and um like there's some kind of contention that we're getting too stuck in the how it's made that that and how how our perception of how a movie is made will impact our the quality of the movie so in one regard the fact that i'm that i know that you you know hargraves is like was doing all this like action man behind the Mm -hmm. scenes stuff that does influence give me a bias to, to extraction. But at the same time, that is what I wanted. I wanted to like, you know, use this Netflix money and do some cool shit. I want to see what it's it's about. And he did that for for me. So now here, section two, the trailer is like, yes, hit the motherfucker with this, with this, with the shield, with your arm on fire, give him a five piece and a biscuit to the ribs. Like, that's what I want. Use the money. Like I even, you know, previously like all the other um, Netflix joints, like, uh, I really like day shift or specifically, all the Jimmy Fox joints, and you know, I hear he's had some medical issues. So shout out to him. Hope he, hope he, hope we pulls through. But you know, his whole thing was like, I'm gonna make these rad B movies on Netflix, and they fucking all work. You, you know, this, like that's what th- that's, that's the mode that sh- they should be in. So yeah, I want fucking, you know, him to sort of, like do, do all these like silly ass like go for it, go for bro That I, you know, that's what I'm paying for. You know, in the wise, do some do some cool shit. Like I, I don't need it to be like pristine or like um i don't need it to like elevate the craft of one takes it's just cool shit i'm, I'm fine with that you know and but then having said that though i do think there might be I, I don't know the budget numbers of this yet. i don't I don't know the first number of budgets i don't know this one this one's it's a lot it
1: looks a lot bigger it looks a lot bigger okay yeah
2: so that, that uh, one trepidation i do have is that um there's also a big in the trailer another marquee scene apparently as well where you're shooting down a helicopter on a, on a moving train and they have shown some behind-the-scenes stuff of like, no, he's really on the train. And, you know, they're really, really a helicopter. And it kind of reminded me of um, Carter, which, depending on how you feel about Carter, could be a great thing, a fucking sign of disaster. <laughs> because Carter also has a uh, on a moving platform shooting on helicopter scene. But, you know, it goes all the way bananas with that, with, with that version of it all. Um, so like, I, I
1: think this is a more photorealistic version of the yeah, Carter yeah. thing, but, the, but, you know, they're obviously not crashing the helicopter. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> purists.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think, so there, I guess there's the tradition tradition that um, if this budget is going bigger, it might go too big, quote unquote, for this, for what it, what was, or is a lean, mean kind of, you know, deep, straight to streaming action joint. Um, so you know, but we'll see. Like, I, I, I have no reason to doubt, or I have, I have no have any faith in Hargrave and, and and Hemsworth. You know, like, uh, I, I'm I'm all for. It. I'm I'm ready, I'm ready to see what they can call it next. You know? and, and you know, and it, it, it just again, you know, this is still like, parking back to that, uh, the old school, like the 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 DTV of it all, ness of it all. I died, but I got better. Screenwriting out of ten, no notes. That's how you make an action movie. Fuck all, you know. Fuck all that, you know. Let's do a prequel. Let's do a. Let's do a three-part prequel series about the, the whole hotel manager. Let's do a fucking side story about some ballerina that you don't know about. No, 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 no. He, he died, and now he's back because he's a man of action. That's all you fucking need. <laughs> <That's->
1: yes. <laughs> shout, shout out to debt collectors for also doing a great version yes, of this. Just exactly. like, man, remember when we died? Yeah, that sucked. Anyway, next mission. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, do we uh do we want to talk about any other trailers or should we get into we're bumping up on two hours? Should we just get into advice?
1: Yes. Yeah, advice. Let's okay, let's do it.
2: So here, um there's one I wanted to explain. Oh, so here we go for our um uh intermittent column uh about asking me some shit. I'm doing quick. Hopefully I can help you guys out and listeners here. Yeah. Um and so here, I did, there is one. Uh this is kind of a more personal or or interpersonal relationship one but i thought it was important um especially now that we've just been questioned by the youth as uh positive male role models man ooh, aaron thank you i just I, got I, I, I need a moment to, to, to take that one in man because goddamn damn we're trying out here man i'm i'm trying i'm trying real hard Ringo, you know. i'm trying to meet a shepherd but it's hard uh, <laughs> but oh yeah so um one of them is about um you know, we're older. We're older people now, and we we we've um. Myself, Liam, and, and Mike, so we, we have these new experiences, these new responsibilities in our life, that aren't always we we'll don't always have time for other things. Um. So uh, it's. Well, I'm just gonna pull it up. Make sure I get this right. So this question is about um maintaining friendships and um, maintaining like your you your relationships over the years. I um, mean, the, qu- the question is: um, how, d- d- do you feel any? Um, is there a way, or do you feel good about not being able to see if y- y- your longtime friends? Um, sometimes you'll, you'll be apart for years, or, or or a year at least, without seeing them. And um, how, d- does it have a negative effect on your friendship? Um. That's uh, so. My best friend. I, I I haven't posted much of his uh um much of pictures of him so far, but um I have a best friend that knows since high school. Um, you know he's he's my best man, my, my actual literal best man, my my uh, from when I married. Um, oh here here I, I, I'll do I'll do I want to make sure I started the proper Andrew Jenner, uh, Crown for Wins on Twitter, and specifically is uh, how do you maintain friendships while are hustling uh, between my day job writing and my wife. I always get mad at myself when I talk to a friend and realize we haven't hung out in a year. So you know, I have several friends now, close friends since high school, the best man, uh, our close friends. They have kids now. They have uh, new jobs now. They're they're, they're big time executives, or they have the new families. You know, or and uh, for me, the base, the bottom line is that um, bros for life is just that bros for life. If you've made, if you had that started that friendship with the core, if the core of that friendship was strong it doesn't matter how long you're gonna see him because to me it's like uh we i've literally have seen haven't seen some friends in over a year two years even but as soon as we come back to meet each other it's like we just uh kick off like it like we never left so don't i, I would say you know trust in the nature of your bond because you're friends for a reason and um if you know if it's more than hopefully it's more than superficial reasons otherwise you wouldn't have been friends for this long and also just give yourselves the benefit of the doubt that you understand each other's issues. You guys have children, you you guys have um jobs, you guys have crises, crises in your in your life, personal lives, like in my case, you know, parents passing away, or you know, you might, you might have lost a job, or you know, you might have lost another family member. That's we all if we at this we should at this point as older individuals understand and recognize these realities of life and give each other space to deal with them. So don't, don't stress about maintaining the relationship because it's already you you have a relationship. It's there, your friends, you, you, your brothers, your sisters, like it's all, it's, it's there just whenever you can do what you can to add new parts to, to nurture it further. You know, like when I see my friend, I haven't seen him in a year. He had a whole year with his kid He's from five to six now. So I, I'm, I welcome all his stories, all his, or you could say trauma dumping about all the uh, true relationships he had with this kid, uh, trying to raise a kid, and also all the victories too, all, all the, all the good things, the positive things, you know, like, uh, take it, you know, so that's just kind of him filling me in for all that time with that experience that will, that itself will nurse nour- nurture and nourish these, <laughs> nurture the experience of your friendship. and Even, yeah, even amongst us, you know, like, um. As I said, we we were all we we're all going through some harsh shit, but you know, like my man Liam here, the family man, and he's he's his whole time when he's not with us, he's raising a family. Hey, you can shout out to the little man over here. <laughs> you guys can see what here. Let me family. take the headphones off.
1: See if he can interact. We got Trent on the pod. How you doing,
2: buddy? Hey Trent, <laughs> how you doing? You okay? You say hey, say hi. what's up? No. You scared. You should be scared. You can go play nah. with your kinetic <laughs> okay. Yeah, see like you know, like like, like tell you, we, we don't don't take the time away from each other as a loss. Take it as a as a uh fuel to imbue the next time you meet to enrich your, your friendship. You know, indulge in each other's experiences and, and share them when you when you, whenever you have time. That might be in the next two years, not a year, two years, who knows? That's okay. you have all this ammo, all this all this load to to give each other. That'll that'll ins- ensure this friendship lasts a lifetime. So that's my advice about that. Any thoughts, know, you know, fellas?
0: No, I mean I think you said it pretty much as well as as well as you, you could. I, I mean I don't really have anything to add other than, yeah, like you said, if the, the core of your friendship, you know, my best friend. We and he and I haven't lived in the same state for 25 years, uh, well, I guess 20 years. Um, and uh, you know, so we, but every time we get together, every time we talk, and, and we'll go months without talking, and we typically only see each other at most once a year, but it's just like we never left, you know. Yeah. Uh, so at the core of your friendship, friendships don't need. I, I don't want to downplay that it takes time and effort to to make friendships, but friendships, real friendships don't need maintaining. They they maintain because you've built that core. If a friendship needs maintaining, it, it probably doesn't have that core, you know, and I don't want to tie it, make it all about me, but, you know, I've noticed that as somebody that is uh, in recovery now, how many friendships I had that weren't real friendships because the core was getting shit-faced together. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, now those are gone. And to be honest with you, they're not really friendships that I miss. So, um, you know, think about take stock of those friendships and think about if they're, if they're requiring work to maintain, are they actually good, you know, solid friendships to begin with?
1: I would just meet meet you with that, um, Mike, is that um, I, I agree completely. And I, and I think that it's one thing I would say. It, it on both sides because you know I haven't been a single guy out since I was like you know 26 years old, actually 25 years old. So it's hard for me to meet my friends that don't have kids and have still just like been 25 for the last 15 years. Like it's hard for me to meet them in their lives, and at the same time, I, I find it very hard for them to meet me in my life. Like I, and and so you know show curiosity. For your friend, if you haven't seen them, show curiosity for what they're doing in their life. Don't just come to them with your own problems and your own thing. Like I'd say, a, a lot of guys and I think just people in general are bad at that. You know, we, we just kind of want to talk about our own shit and don't ask the other person what they're going through. Um, you know, if that and, and that is it, it's like I I think that's a syndrome that is worsened by not getting married and not uh, <laughs> having a family so when, when you you know if you're a, if you're a single guy who's kind of you know uh, a, a ronin in this earth like show a little bit more curiosity for your, for your other uh people that that you meet it's it's not really we're not all just like oh what's going on with you man like we kind of want to talk about ourselves too so it's a give and take yeah. that's all i'd say
0: all right well so that question thank you Andrew again uh good devoted Friend of the show andrew jenner thank you for that question we have a bunch of other questions but honestly we're bumping up against it on time here so i think what we're going to do is we're going to come back next week and we're going to do a proper advice section where we try and get through spend some time and try and get through these so keep sending us your questions uh and we'll try and get to more we we won't be able to get to all of them but there are some that are really interesting that i think will be kind of fun and lighthearted that i that i want to i don't want to just forget about um so for now, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. So Vice, where can people find you?
2: I'm on Instagram, at myfictus, looking hot. On Letterboxd, being smart. I'm on that shelf. Thank you once again, Jason Grober. You want to see my article, the interview with Michael that thatshelf.com. And as always, until it, until it explodes, I'm on Twitter, at myfictus, talking all this shit.
0: And Liam O'Donnell, where can people find you? Uh, Liam Odin, Twitter, Instagram.
1: Uh, my question for Vice was going to be, um, how do you balance feeling like one of the luckiest people in the world one minute and then like the world's biggest loser in the other? I'm pretty sure the answer is therapy, but we'll have to wait till next week <laughs> to, uh, to get the answer.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, and uh, just so you know, Liam, I am actually watching. This is I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm actually watching on eBay a uh, a steel book of Beyond Skyline that I might pick up. I can't believe I have to buy fucking movies that you directed. Uh, like, like, like I don't get free movies from you. Wouldn't
1: you think they would send me free movies? Yeah, I've no, bought I bought the Blu-ray like several times. <laughs> yeah. I've never gotten a free like, and it's actually in my directing deal that I'm supposed to get a, a free thing and uh, only only Universal honored any of that shit once you get into the DTV world everyone's like go fuck yourself (laughs) go buy
0: your own movie yeah they at least
1: did send me like posters and stuff but I had to specifically kind of chase them down on that
0: anyway (laughs) yeah no it's just I saw it I didn't even realize there was a still book and I'm like god damn it i'm gonna have to buy this aren't i so um you know i i haven't bought it yet i haven't pulled the trigger on it yet but it's a good looking steelbook i don't know if you is that the book.
1: german one the splendid one with trent's face on it yep
0: yep yeah, yep. yeah. that that's it so cool. um anyway you can find me on twitter at hibachi justice and letterbox you can find the show on twitter at a e podcast you're listening to us so you know you can find us anywhere podcasts are found boys let's do this again next week we'll do some advice we'll talk about some other stuff and uh yeah let's do it love you boys
1: love you too thanks everybody